What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast. I'm your host, Shane McNeely. Just a reminder, Crazy Face Uno is inspiring others to do good and make a difference in our local and global community. And it's my honor and my privilege to introduce my guest today, my friend, Brady Peters. What's going on, Brady? Hey, man. Not too much. Thank you once again. I've already said that to you a couple times now, but I'm going to keep saying it because I appreciate you coming on the podcast. So thank you. Oh, gosh. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. Yeah. So, you know, there's a pretty good theme here with most of my guests so far. Um, Not all of them, but there's a good chunk of my guests that I've all met you guys at this one specific location. And if you're (laughs) listening and you've listened to many of the podcasts, you've heard this before. I met you at Invisible Children. Yeah. Ta-da. And I think it's so cool, though. Um, I'm just, I just, I'm unashamed that my guests are all from Invisible Children because everybody there is just so amazing and off doing cool things and just really, really good, good good-hearted people. And um, I, you are no different. So yeah, well, it's a it's a pretty extraordinary place to have worked, and I think uh, the task to which we or the call to which we responded was one that attracted um, a lot of people that are, are better than me. <laughs> and I wanted to be a part of that group. Yeah. Sure. Well, so. I don't know that they were better than you, but I think you're, uh, we're all in that, we're all in that group together. We all deserve to be there. And, uh, you know, that was our place. So we all are equal and in, in our uh, de- deserve, whether we deserve to be there or not, I guess. So we're all equal there. Yeah, well, I I think about that sometimes, like the the kind of people that place attracts, and yeah. uh, I think about uh, like how it was kind of aspirational for me to want like to apply to something like that. Yeah, it, I sure. I felt like even when I was going through the internship application. Yeah. <laughs> excuse me. Um, that like oh I'm. I'm applying to this thing because I I've seen this group from afar and I don't know if I would fit in there, but I want mm. to be the kind of person who would fit in mm. at a place like that. And so when I was accepted, I was like, Oh, may, maybe I have some kind of thing to offer. Like it, yeah. it was not just affirming of my technical skills and my ability to complete an internship. It, it felt affirming of like, hey, this life that you get to choose to lead, uh, it's worth taking those risks and like putting yourself out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That that's your perspective, I guess. Um, I've you know a theme or just something that's came up a lot, and some of it's my own self, you know, um, is. Um, just perspective in general and yeah so i don't i don't know like i think everybody we all have these like perspectives um sorry i actually there's like an echo brady oh like big time and like a weird squeaking squeaking noise on it's on your end yeah i just wanted to Maybe see hmm. if we could figure that out. Did you put it on speakerphone? Is that what it is? I put it on my headphones. Oh, is it the little like the headphones with the little thing 
like the microphone? No, it's oh. Bluetooth. Uh, Interesting. Like, yeah, it's like a super big echo and like a squeaking noise coming through. But anyway, um, I'll keep talking, me, and if you figure it out, then that's it cool. But... Yeah, I'll just keep talking while you figure it out. But um, Can yeah. you still hear the, the It's echo? better now, yeah. Hmm. Okay, let me try one more time with my headphones, and if it screws up again, like... Cool. We can... Yeah, I can hear it right now. Happening? Yeah. It's happening now. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to put it on speaker. Okay. That's why I had it before. Cool. Okay, cool. Sorry, I just... There's Sorry. like a... I like kept cutting in and out of my own thought, because I keep hearing myself in like this weird squeak. I couldn't figure it out if it was me or if it was you. Oh, there it is again. Interesting. Okay. I just turned off my Bluetooth, so it, it should oh, be perfect. better now. Okay. Cool. Sorry about that. I just wanted to. No, no. See if that was. You're good. Should I start anything over? No, we're good. We'll just keep going. I'm just recording. <laughs> Everybody just gets that. That's just that's real life, you know. And okay. uh, I'm. I don't know. I just think that, you know, in a perfect world, we could just start over and and do it. But like, I don't know. Life is uh life is full of like good things and like things that we wish were different and that's okay yeah when when did it start i can say something again like oh no you're good like it was fine it it was just distracting for me it's all good no no worries okay uh i was just talking about perspective so um yeah yeah i don't know like i have my own perspective you know like i've been really challenged with my own perspective of the podcast of how i sound Mm -hmm. how you know everybody like hates the way they sound when they first listen to it and I'm getting really used to that and it's just something you just get used to over time, you know? Um, but then also we've all got this like inner dialogue that we don't realize is as strong as it is. And, uh, like you filter things through, at least I do, like I filter things out, you know, like verbally. And then Mm -hmm. I think that I've said things one way, but sometimes it's like, Oh, I didn't, I wasn't clear at all with what I said. And I thought it was really clear. So I've had yeah. podcasts that I've listened to where I was like, oh, I thought that was going to be way better than it was. And then I've had some where <laughs> I was like, I thought that was going to be terrible and it was actually fine. And it was all just this yeah. like inner dialogue and like conversation I had or, you know, whatever. But perspective's mm-hmm. everything. And so I don't know. I, I think of you and I I think of like I, you belong there. Like that was you belong there just as much as anybody else. So thanks, man. Yeah, yeah it's it's hard. Yeah. Uh when you're listening to your inner dialogue all day and not listening to what other people are saying. Yeah. Um, I, I think man creating anything and putting it into the world is super vulnerable, like a super vulnerable thing to do, especially something like a podcast or like a YouTube channel or whatever. Yeah. It's like, Cause it's you, like, it's just you. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Um, and you don't realize so, it until you kind of get into it though. That's the yeah. thing. Like I, I didn't realize, I mean, I always, I'm, I'm a pretty vulnerable guy, you know, like I'm, yeah. but like, I just don't think I realized how like, yeah, but I'm happy like that I'm doing it. So. Right. Did but you, did you tell people you were going to do the podcast? Like, did you tell a lot of people you were going to do it before you started it or did no. you just kind of start doing it? I just like started doing it and posted it and was like here we go yeah (laughs) yeah no lead up it was it was pretty uh it was always supposed to be this like side part like the side project of crazy face you know like i wanted crazy face Uno to be or i like started crazy face Uno with this other idea uh, like with it in mind but like Uh 
also knowing that I wanted to keep things kind of open to where that was going to go. Yeah. And, uh, like let that kind of shape the message and shape where it went. And it's led me to where I am today and the way things are, which is, I'm more than grateful for where, where things are at and, uh, where things are headed. I think, I think there's some, uh, fun times ahead. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, you have a, you know, we didn't even talk about what you did at Invisible Children, but, you know, I was writing things down like I do um, off Facebook and whatever, and mm-hmm. I, you've really stuck to, like, kind of what you've been interested in since college, which is, like, yeah. communications and <laughs> PR, and uh-huh. but, like, communications has really been, like, a big theme in your life, so you saying that you understand, like, being vulnerable with putting your stuff out there, like, you, you know firsthand with writing and... Um, uh-huh you know, with what your jobs and your positions you've held. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I've sort of, uh, com- sorry. Can you hear my dog running around in the background? Uh, I, I didn't know. He's totally fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're good. I, I've sort of like, uh, been on this arc, uh, this character arc, if you will, if to use a story reference, sure. um, <clears throat> Of like in college, I was we had like a uh, invisible children club on our campus. Um, just a small school in Western Kansas. It was very affordable, um, just a couple hours from home. So and it's where my brother went. It, I felt like it was just the place that I wanted to go at the time. And yeah. So after getting involved with this club on campus and a college ministry that was very justice oriented i was kind of set uh at like by my senior year that like i really want to do work for justice-minded nonprofits. yeah and my gifts that i thought that i had are were in, in writing and communicating yeah um, and so after college, it was like, okay, well, what nonprofits am I going to intern at? Like, yeah. where am I going to get my foot in the door? Yeah. And so, like, I went to work for a little nonprofit in Colorado right after college. Uh, I, it's called, it was called Light Gives Heat. It worked yeah. in Uganda with yep. women. Um, and uh i think we've talked about this before but like like gives heat i was really interested in them when i was in college as well and yeah yeah, like kind of like the front end of twitter and kind of like got Uh in in like introduced to them and kind of like corresponded back and forth through twitter and i actually Yeah. yeah i had like a I don't know, like we were kind of in communication back and forth and then I ended up going invisible children direction instead. Uh But yeah, yeah, it was kind of, I was, I remember you mentioning this before when you stayed at my house in St. Paul and, um, we had a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I I just forgot about that too until you mentioned that, but yeah, well, I, I, I remember Jamie Landsberg, who I think you just had on the podcast. Yeah. Um, Yeah. She, she had had some interaction with them too. Um, but it was, it was like, super like bootstrappy like yeah kind of a, a really small really fun environment uh and it was like a way for me to really learn on the job what like what uh writing for a website is like and writing for social media and writing for like 
product packaging and mm-hmm. how do you talk about a nonprofit? And there are things there that I did there that like I would look at now and be like, oh man, <laughs> I'm not sure how much I was actually serving them in, <laughs> yeah. in that, but they gave me like, they gave me a shot. They gave me yeah. a seat at the table and it was really ex- exciting to be there. Um, but I think all so, those things like that, that shaped the direction you were able to take and you know, yeah, so for sure they have, they have places in your life for sure. Yeah. And I, I, I got my degree in public relations and when I was working at like gives heat, I was like, Hey, actually I don't like PR, <laughs> so, yeah. but I do like this marketing stuff that we're doing and what's it called when you write for a website or write for a company? <laughs> oh, it's, it's called a copywriter. Yeah. I had no, I'd never heard of a copywriter before. Uh, and I was like, maybe I just want to be a copywriter at a, at a big nonprofit. Like yeah. I, and not even a big nonprofit, but like to be a, a, a staff member at a nonprofit as a copywriter. Yeah. So man, I, uh, I went, I spent, uh like a year and a half at light gives heat and cool. it was an unpaid thing and i was working at starbucks from five to noon and then light gives heat from noon to five and um really just kind of getting my feet wet yeah just doing a lot of stuff um and when i got the call from invisible children that they needed so i I joined in 2012 midway through uh, the spring campaign because someone, uh, a guy named John left the road. Yeah. And, or uh, someone left the movement team, the the office team. So I went out and filled their position. And then John left, a guy named John left the road and I joined the roadies. Yeah, like early on, right? Yeah. So... My my first day in the office was March 6, 2012, um, <laughs> which is the day the world exploded yeah. for invisible children. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the so beginning of the was, end, if you will. <laughs> it was definitely like a moment of uh, like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. what, you A, went... what have I done? And B, <laughs> um, is this actually was this actually the right decision to to come out here? Like if yeah. this thing blows up and and I need to go home, like what am I gonna do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was also a, a time of like I met some people who were different from me in college, but really like a lot of the people I was around were uh, white kids from small towns in the middle of the country. Sure. Um, who all really believed and acted the way I did. Um, and so coming to invisible children and meeting people of such high moral caliber mm. who believed different things than me, but yeah. who were leading a life that I really admired. I was like, uh, challenged in a new way that you've never been challenged before. Yeah. Yeah. And in a beautiful, like in, in a, a beautiful in a way, really yeah, beautiful way to, to be challenged by like, some of this dogmatic belief mm, uh, yeah. that I carried with me of my own Christian faith. And, how did, how, wait, um, how did you, how did you just say that of high moral caliber? Is that what you said? Yeah. I really like that, like imagery and that verbiage. So, I mean, that's your job 
is yeah feel free to take it <laughs> that's awesome no i just really like that like that i think that's like spot on like i've never thought of the group you know when you try to describe like i don't know i've just it, i've always mm-hmm. struggled to describe the people from invisible children and i think that is like nailed it like such high moral caliber yeah and it's the crazy thing what and the exciting thing and frustrating thing as someone who has a lot of inner voices that says I'm lame or I don't belong mm. is that the caliber of these people was not just moral, like morally high. It right. was like, they're morally amazing. They're incredibly smart. Yeah. They're all like models. <laughs> they're all <laughs> beautiful people. Uh, I and know. they're just like, they're, they're so fun. Like yeah. it was just a, so fun work hard play hard yeah yeah Yeah. and it was just like oh my gosh i can't believe i get to like walk around with these angels all day Uh, Um, yeah and but at the same time you know like i was i was coming out of a environment in college and a little bit after college where i was pretty um uh pretty like rooted in a belief system that didn't have room for for mm. people who uh thought or believed differently than i did and not that it didn't have room but didn't have room for their beliefs to be uh influential on my life yeah um and so i think uh for me it's the first time i was really challenged with the idea of uh this person believes something different than me and I love them very much. And I know that the right thing to do for me at that point in time is to share the gospel with them and like try to convert them to become a Christian. Yeah. And, and actually having conversations with people like this kind of stuff came up a lot and, for people who, who are listening who don't know Invisible Children, like, conversations about faith and the meaning of life were everyday normal every conversations. Day. Yeah. So it wasn't like, <laughs> oh, Brady, I'm going to, like, go out and, like, try to, like, sneakily convert people. It was just like, hey, what do you believe? And yeah. let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't, like, an offensive question for, for most people. Right. Some people it might have been. But really meeting people who were like, no, 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 I... I understand what, what you believe and I used to believe it and I don't anymore. And, um, I'm, I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah. And some of it was the opposite direction though, too, you know, for sure. So like, I feel like I came in, you know, if I, if I insert my part of like my experience from this was I came in like similar, but I had been questioning things for a long time. Uh-huh. And so finally I found, you know, I, my group of college friends were always welcoming to have those conversations. So I, I was no stranger to those conversations, but I, I hadn't, I was still searching and still trying to figure out what that meant. And so I hadn't fully let go of anything, but I didn't fully subscribe to everything either. And I was just in this like limbo space. So it was like extra like great for me because these conversations, like you said, happen every day. And it really allowed me this environment and this space to kind of like figure out, you know, and I, you know, you'd get the groups that'd be like, Hey, I'm going to church today. And you know, you want to come? I'm like, 
yeah, I'm good. Yeah, like, let's go. I'll go, you know? Yeah, and, right. and then maybe you went a couple times, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to go, you know? And then uh, yeah. I'll go the next time. And, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. But you had right. this, I don't know, like, it It was such a, a welcoming, uh, a safe place. It was just safe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, um, I don't know how I would have experienced it outside of that community if it weren't such a safe place but like yeah there were definitely <clears throat> parts of me that really started asking questions yeah. about god and about the nature of god and the nature of, of me mm-hmm. and my friends who I, I who i was making and just falling in love with this community um, yeah and so after the spring, it was it was a it was a hard spring, <laughs> just yeah. being on the road in a in, well, in that environment tumultuous that were, time in general. Yeah, yeah, and they were they were the the best of like audiences and the worst of audiences. Yeah, um, we had a group of people. Uh, if you remember the Occupy Wall Street movement, um, <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were speaking in Denver at a university and they came to the screening with like bandanas over their face and sunglasses on inside. And as soon as grace, the Ugandan woman who was with us stood up, they like started screaming at her and like telling her that she was a liar and that we were like, we had brainwashed her and it was so like gross, disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Super disgusting. And, I was just like, I was like, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't know people could behave this way. Mm. Like, re- like really, like I, I knew people could behave that way. I'd seen it, like our work, like was talking about people killing people and, and murdering people, but yeah, for your own for, people to turn on people, like on yeah, on you, and, and also like we, I had a teammate named Dan who was very invested in the Occupy movement and was very like interested in what they had to say like politically yeah and for this group that he resonated so quickly with to show up and tell him that he was a fake and a phony um was just like like an earthquake you know for the yeah. foundations of and so it <clears throat> I don't know what you took away from that that season, but um, that coupled with these conversations about faith and humanity really kind of started making me ask questions about who I was and Mm. um, what I believed and led me to a place of sincere, like, like wondering in the dark, like walking through... uh, I had my first anxiety attack at Invisible Children, mm. and uh, Bethany Bilesma drove me to the airport so I could go home. And yeah. um, when I came back, like the community was so supportive of me. I was still dealing with things. I had a couple more yeah. anxiety attacks, and I went through this period of like wondering, <clears throat> like, uh, am I? Like, 
I was not in a good place. <laughs> yeah. I was not in a good place. But I was just like wondering like uh am I am I lovable? Like am I yeah. someone who has value? Mm. And because like and does does God love me? Is it yeah. possible for me to really like believe in God and to love God if God is this yeah kind of judge, judgmental man in a chair in heaven who's mm. like especially for the, the the thing that really messed me up is like these these friends who I love so much who used to be Christians and decided not to be Christians anymore yeah it was like oh that means God used to love them and now mm. is like just letting them burn in hell <laughs> or something like that like yeah. that was but then watching them be so loving and caring and giving and right right yeah and and helping me with my questions yeah like, and then beautiful and it was amazing and so i i saw a therapist in my hometown his name's walt and he was 84 years old he yeah. was this like amazing amazing man who didn't practice anymore but was a friend of my mom's and she was like you should go see walt yeah and he was just like showing letting me see for myself that um uh that god was much more kind and loving and like good than i had ever imagined yeah him to be or god forgot to be and that uh my fears of being unlovable were completely unfounded and Mm. that there's nothing i could do to like get god to to not love me or and there's nothing my friends could do either yeah and that they were okay and that god's love was for them as well and yeah so there's this like quote in scripture of jesus saying like sorry i know this isn't a christian podcast no i'm not trying to make it a christian podcast no you're you're totally fine (laughs) and and honestly like i well i want you to finish this and then i've got a whole whole host of thoughts and my own things but go ahead and say what you're gonna say you're fine you're totally fine don't don't worry Jesus says, like, there's old wineskins and new wineskins, and I never kn- understood what that was. He was like, you can't put new wine into old wineskins because those wineskins will burst, and the- they won't be able to hold it. You have to put new wine in new wineskins. Yeah. And I was like, A, what is a wineskin? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And B, like, why are you, why are you saying that? Yeah. And it wasn't until after... All, I went through like a year of this. So after after IC was fall of 2012, uh, I was unemployed for a year, living at home on a farm with my dad and my mom, and like looking for jobs. I think I applied to like over 100 jobs and got three interviews. Like it was a it was a tough year. Yeah. And uh, but there was this process that I had to go through during that year of wondering in this quote unquote desert and just 
letting my foundations crack open and reveal like this actual foundation of what I believe. There was a lot of things that I had dressed it up with and put on top of it that weren't, that were actually harmful and that were actually making me feel this way Mm. and really just like getting down to the, this idea, this core belief of what my faith can rest on. And that's like, do I believe God exists? I, and I do, do I believe Jesus is who he says he is? Yes, I do. And do I believe that God is good? And I do. And I believe God's love is, is for everyone. And that it's not up to me. Like I, I'm open to having conversations with people about faith. And I, I think that, that, uh, everyone has this, I don't know, this, the love of God is, is like on their side. It's for them. And it's sure. Um, yeah, it's there for them if they want it. Um, yeah. and I, I don't know. I used to be so interested in controlling where God's love was supposed to go. Uh, but that's how I feel like, so I guess I'm going to jump in here. So man, a whole host of different things. I, I think, you know, but like I grew up a pastor's kid, um, growing up until sixth grade, basically. And my dad got out of the ministry and, um, that never really affected, you know, my faith or anything that in that way at that time. Um, I went on, went to Bethel college, now Bethel university. Uh, I studied youth ministry. So I was, uh, my education is to be a youth pastor. Um, yeah. And You're I in want, the system. yeah, yeah. And to fast forward to, to today. <coughs> and, and I've said this on the podcast, this isn't new and this is, um, you know, I think we've had conversations potentially about this as well, but I don't call myself a Christian. And, uh, okay. so all of that laid out there. Okay, first. Yeah. Um, we'll pull back around to it, but I want to touch on just, I guess, Coney 2012 and Invisible Children in that time. And, man, I that is like a knife in my chest to hear, um, you know, your thoughts and your experience and, like, to hear how people treated you and how people treated us um, and Invisible Children. And... If I'm completely honest, I don't think that I've fully dealt with that. Um, it still rears its naked head at me um, periodically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, I really, really, really have a problem when people dismiss other people's opinions and thoughts um, mm-hmm. without, without actually like addressing it when they just like put a meme up to discredit who they are based on like a joke i think that that's cheap i think that that is uh cowardly um and i don't believe in that i've had friends do it to me uh i've actually had someone do it to me recently and uh man it really 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 it really affected me and it and i think that was one of it's been something that's really like uh it's it's been something I, I've starting to realize that I, I've always known that I really haven't dealt with it. I have in some ways, and I haven't really fully dealt with it. But um, yeah. for me, it's our group of people 
this group of people that you've described so brilliantly and so well um and from top down right like leadership uh with ben kesey and and the integrity and um just the amazing leadership that he provided for our organization for us as you know uh young malleable people um Mm -hmm. to just us as you know individuals roadies uh people that were on stipends or worked in the office whatever whoever it was it didn't matter Mm. but we we were there like you had said with such good intentions such big hearts such um differing backgrounds we coexisted together we we were safe with one another uh we believed wholeheartedly in what we did and and everything that we did every single day um directly impacted the people that we were trying to help and and to pull out of some of the most terrible situations. And so mm-hmm. for people to, lack of better words, completely shit on us yeah. and call us liars, call us names, um, drag Jason's name through the mud, and that still happens, um, to... It, it felt like being stabbed in the back and yeah. uh, for everything that you stood for was now hated. Yeah. And everything that invisible children stood for beyond just our mission of helping people get out of the LRA and, and end the reign of the LRA in general, like even outside of that, everything we stood for as a company of loving and, and being peaceful was like then being challenged in a way that is so hard to describe from like spiritually, like you've mentioned, um, physically in some ways, um, to vandalism, to just hate in general. And, uh, yeah, I've got some scars from that and, uh, I, I haven't, I don't know that I've fully healed from all of that. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm still very bitter. Um, yeah, I think, and uh, yeah, I, I, I resent all of those people, and I resent, I resent what that stands for. Um, and uh, yeah. I still do. And and if I can be completely honest, I think I've harnessed a lot of that into what this is. I yeah, I very much um, from that day forward. I have I have seen. Social, not social media, well, social media too, but mainstream media um, and a completely different light. Yeah. And um, I I do not like mainstream media. Um, yeah. It is it is an evil, evil thing, I believe. Um, and it's important, but what it's turned into is a problem. And that's just my personal opinions. And I, uh-huh. I, I don't like the hate. I don't like the negativity. I don't like the the grossness that comes from that. Um, and so crazy face Uno exists to, like I said, inspire others to do good and make a difference in a local global community. And, and through positive storytelling, through redemption, through love, through, um, and honestly, it's, it's storytelling. You know, I, I've really funneled this down to crazy face. Uno was a storytelling brand. Um, I believe that everyone has a story and everyone's story matters. And, uh, so 
now to circle back to, you know, faith and religion. Um, I, I love it. I think faith and religion, I think it has a place in this world. I think it's important. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't look at you very much of like what, how you described invisible children and the people there of the safe place of this, this conversation. And I want, I want that, you know, like just because I don't believe what you believe, Brady doesn't mean that you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that I'm wrong Mm -hmm. though. That is like very much fundamental in some of the Christian churches, you know, or like the, the Christian Protestant Christian faith in some ways, you know, Uh, kind of like you described, but you've also now, seen that differently and and it's like found what it means to you you know and found yeah i don't know how to necessarily eloquently put what you just said but i think people understand and i think you understand what i'm saying um yeah i do yeah yeah i doesn't mean that i don't want to support christian organizations which at one point in time i felt like those were mutually exclusive you know if i didn't Uh believe the same things then i shouldn't be a part of that. And I don't believe that anymore. And I think that, you know, there are truths that live in whatever world that is. And and if that's love, like you believe that God is love. I too believe that if that's what you believe, you know, like I believe in love. So like, what's wrong with that? Who cares Uh what the heart behind it is necessarily? Love is love, you know, and love is important. Yeah. Now I understand that like you have a different take on that, but that's my take on that. Sure. And yeah, and that's, I guess for me, this is a, an inclusive idea and I believe in higher power. I believe in God. I think when I say the word God, it's uh, it comes with a lot of baggage and there's a lot of people that have right. a lot of words that they want to hold on yeah. to for what God means and what God is. And depending on who you talk to, that is a whole different thing. I have right. friends that believe very much in, in what I'm just saying right here and that yeah. don't call themselves a Christian, but when asked if they're a Christian, they go, what do you mean? Yeah. And because the, it means different things when people ask that question. And there, so there's this baggage that just kind of comes along with all these different things and these questions. And um, I think that speaks more to the, the Christian faith than it does to a lot of things. And I think that there's some unhealthy things that come along with that, but, um, not all of them are equal. You know, there's different groups of people that believe different things and, and have really solid foundation and really solid meaning and really solid hearts and really solid just in what they believe. And I, and I love that, you know, we, we got to reconnect, um, where you work Uh now and, and that event that this last Mm -hmm. about a year ago now, yeah, almost exactly a year ago. Yeah, and it really, really was powerful for me because uh, my my beliefs haven't changed since then, you know, but I came into this where I wanted to be very respectful. Um, I, I yeah. want to be very true to who I am, and I'm not going to pretend to be a Christian. I'm not going to pretend to, you know, believe the same things that everybody there did. And, but I wanted yeah. to be very respectful and I loved every second of getting to serve that group of people in your, in your company. I loved yeah. every single second of it. It was beautiful. Thanks, man. And, uh, Thanks. I believe wholeheartedly in the mission of international justice mission. You know, I, I believe yeah. in that and I have friends that are doing things now and border perspective. Uh, I'm going to keep talking about it. There's a friend of mine from college named Jonathan Moya. 
he uh, has created an organization. It's a Christian organization called Border Perspective. And, and the whole idea is that he was an immigrant himself, came here when he was young from Mexico. His whole family has came here and, and immigrated here at a young age. And he is a, you know, grew up as a conservative Christian. And nowadays, the rhetoric behind what it means to be a conservative Christian is very much against who he is and someone yeah. he, and a part of who he is and, and what he has subscribed to all his life. And so he started asking questions and started trying to figure out what this perspective was on the border and going to towns. Him and his brother went across uh, the whole length of the border of mm. where the wall is and just went into these towns and asked people questions. And like many things, he left with more questions than he had going in. Mm-hmm. And uh, the birth, the beginning of this, this organization. And so he's partnering with different people to bring leaders from the Christian church and bring people from the Christian, you know, religion, this, this faith, the Christian faith in to give them a different perspective on yeah. this situation, on what it means to be an immigrant, a migrant, uh, an asylum seeker. And I think it's beautiful yeah. and it's important. And again, Christianity isn't going anywhere. And so yeah. why not elevate the people that that's important to, and that needs to hear that and, and to share the love that is important, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I say all this because like you can share your story. This is your story. Mm-hmm. It's not my story. Right. And you can share as yeah. much as you want about your faith and, and what you believe. I'm very okay with that. Um, and I think it has a place and, and I'm, I don't feel uncomfortable about it. No, this isn't a Christian podcast or Christian business yeah. company, whatever, yeah. but that's okay. I don't care. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter. It's your story, and your story Thanks, matters. Man. So, Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I <coughs> I, I appreciate what you're saying. Um, I think it's, uh, it's important to be able to articulate what you believe, no matter what you believe. I think it's important to be able to articulate it. And I'm glad that you have that, like you've been thoughtful about yeah. where you stand with your beliefs. I well, think that's super important. Let me ask you this though. I, I'm, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I just don't know. I don't know if I believe that statement fully. I don't, I just don't know. I haven't really processed it. Sure. But why do you, why do you think it's important for people to know what they believe? Well, I, I think it's, I think the, maybe the, the, statement behind the statement is sure i think it's important to be thoughtful yeah about what you believe okay and i think for a long time i had been inheriting faith Mm, see me too and not really considering like like doing a lot of the work of you know working out what what i believe and and at a, at a certain point in in every in mostly everyone's life like you hear a lot from the pulpit and i'm speaking mainly about about christians sure. today but you hear a lot about from the pulpit about this is what we this is what people like us believe yeah and you stay in that environment 
and you don't really question it. You just go along with it. And yeah. it's not that you're not an independent thinker. It's that you don't really feel like thinking independently about that. Or and that it's safe to do so. Yeah. I never or felt safe to actually to do so. To do yeah. so. And <laughs> right. until I got to college where that was when I was first confronted with that whole concept of yeah. like, I, I, I was slapped in the face with the, it was me and some buddies. I, I think I mentioned this on here, but it was me and some buddies, Derek Griffey. He's a guy that I've had on the podcast actually. Um, he was the one that we were having a conversation about like God and war and pacifism and all this stuff. And I had my yeah. specific thing that I was like, you know, sitting on my soapbox and talking about and every you know the group was talking about stuff and we we're just throwing ideas and whatever it was i said i have no idea what what even stance i was taking i mean i kind of have an idea uh-huh. but um he goes but why do you believe that and that one question was the beginning of the unraveling of my faith and yeah. um because what I, I didn't have an answer for him, one, at the time. And what I later yeah. found out as I explored that question that rolled around in my head for months after that was that that's what I had always known. That's what my parents told me. That's mm-hmm. what that's what I had grown up knowing. You know, like, this is just what you did. This is who you are, right? And yeah. so I was confronted with what I actually believed and what I personally, like, what, what am I being thoughtful? Like you're saying, like, knowing what you believe and... I then very quickly realized that I have been living a life full of what other people have told me and not what I actually, without conviction of what I actually believe. And so that was the first time I was like convicted of like, I need to figure out what I believe. And so I tore it all. I started tearing it all down as I kind of ran headfirst into this idea. And I was like, whoa, man, I don't know what that is. So get rid of it and we'll build it from the base up, you know? And so that was my junior year, and I'm a youth ministry major, so imagine how exciting that was. Um, yeah, so you, you know, I, I graduate, and I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I don't want to be a youth pastor. Like, that's not what I want. I never wanted to be a youth pastor to begin with, and I, I thought I had kind of talked myself into that, and now I very quickly realized that I was like, no, that's not what I want. Um, yeah. But what do you do, you know, um, at the time? And so... When I got to Invisible Children, like you had said, this this environment just allowed me to like explore. And I went to church, just started figuring things out. But at some point in time, I finally gave myself permission to not go to, go to church. And it was mm-hmm. the biggest weight off my shoulders I've ever had. Yeah. And uh, I really haven't looked back. You know, I, I'm not afraid to go into a church, but I just don't want that. That's just not what I want right yeah. now. And that's just not what I, what I believe in. Um, you know, there's some, there's some friends that really struggle with that, that I still have that I've caught up with and with what I believe, I guess, you know, and, uh, or what I don't believe more so than probably what I believe. I think Mm -hmm. we probably believe more similar things than we do different things to be completely honest. But, um, they, there's like a hang up on what I don't believe and I, I just don't like that, but that's another story for another day. Um, yeah, so I, I yeah. you know, like there's different groups, there's different people that are doing things that I'm like, man, I love that, right? And it's in the name yeah. of Jesus, it's in the name of Christianity, it's in that name. And like for a long time, I had a really trouble, like I had, I had trouble, like I said, like separating those two. And yeah. you know, I think that that's a more of a one-sided thing because I understand the the 
more common Christian viewpoint is that it is kind uh-huh. of mutually exclusive. But I've also now, I believe that it's not. And I don't think that I don't belong in that conversation in that circle because I don't believe what you believe. I, mm-hmm. I, I believe that I belong in that conversation just as much as you do. I believe in that. I belong in that, that arena just as much as the next person, just because I don't believe what you believe doesn't mean that I don't belong there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, and I'm not trying to put you into like, you don't have to say you believe me. Like, trust me, like I, I'm authenticity and I'm just being who I am. Right. And I'm telling you what I believe and it's, you can totally not agree with me. That's totally okay. I want this to be a safe place too, you know? So yeah, like, well, I I think, um, that just spurs like my own thoughts and I think something that is ingrained in a lot of maybe it's more american or evangelical ideas that okay uh the there's this feeling of like number one um we're gonna tell you what is right and Mm, and yeah and good and b you're going to defend it like yeah i don't have like to because i'm right <laughs> yeah like or or just like um you should always be defending yourself from the world using your faith yeah is it like a defense yeah and i think that that mindset like sets you up for a lot of uh, pain Ooh, and yeah, for sure, and estrangement from the life and the world that God created. Mm. Um, I appreciate you saying that. I think that that's spot on. I really agree with that. And I, I think there's a there's a feeling within me that if people ask me about my faith, or if if I have things to say about my faith, like I'm comfortable saying those things yeah but if someone wants to argue with me or ask like say hey um why like what you believe is is stupid or yeah hey i i think you're wrong defend yourself i don't want to do that asking i don't a i don't want to do that b you don't want me to do that because what you're saying really is, hey, let me prove you wrong. Right. And that's not an attitude of listening. That's no. not an attitude of conversation. And I'm going to leave there feeling little, and you're going to leave there feeling superficially big. Yeah. And it's not going to last for you. Yeah. And I'm going to like you less. <laughs> that's yeah. That's how it is. Um, I just don't like, I, I, I very much like, I don't, I just don't feel like I need to defend myself. Like if I don't, you know what I mean? Like I, for, yeah. for me anymore. And in some ways, like I've come to grips with that on my own. And so like, I've just let it go. Like it's not forefront of my mind. Like I don't walk right. through my day anymore. Like thinking about like, Hmm, I wonder if, you know, like whatever, you know, like whatever that yeah. is, like, I don't do that. And so like, it's not, I, I'm like, out, I'm rusty. I'm out of practice. Like I couldn't even defend myself now if I wanted to. 
like yeah. to be completely honest and i don't yeah. need to because i don't it doesn't it's not that's not important to me in life right now like i i just want to i just want to do good and make a difference and love people and i think that jesus is brilliant and i think i just don't agree fundamentally with the christian church what's wrong with that yeah i don't know like for me yeah. that's just like I, it's cool like we're good man like we we don't have to disagree we don't have to like argue about it like you do you i'll do me and if someday yeah. you're right then great and if i'm wrong and like i'm right someday then like great like who cares like you know but i think <laughs> i think part of that posture too is not necessarily a an unwillingness to engage with someone like like I said, like I, yeah. I am willing to have that conversation, but I think also as a part of that stance is a vulnerability and a willingness to be wrong. Like, yeah. I, I am fully aware that what I am saying uh, could be offensive to people who I love very much, who are probably more strict in their Christian faith than I am, or who yeah. have a lot of these beliefs. And likewise, I'm also aware <laughs> that I might, I might go back to that point someday in my life. Like yeah. there may be a day in which I say like, uh, I'm going to kind of, become this person that I was because I think that's important. Like I might yeah. change my mind. And but that's, that's okay too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like or there's nothing might, wrong with that. I might continue a faith journey. That's that looks different. And it's a journey. Like, you just hit it I, though. It's a journey. I, yeah. I, so, I don't think you can ever be absolute. There's no way for us to be absolute. There is no way. Either one of us. Yeah. Well, that's why it's called faith. I mean, right. There's not, so it's um, just like you get to go and you get to figure these things out as you go. And like, yeah. I, I may go right back to where, you know, where I was too. I, I'm right. not so close minded to say that I am, I wouldn't, or I'm not, but like, right. this is where I'm at right now. And I don't, I'm just, that's not going to be my priority to waste my, my breath on that. I just want to live my life. And if I come back around to it, then great. You know, yeah. and that's bottom line. That's where I stand. And I, and I hear you like, Man, it took me a really long time. One of the reasons that this whole thing took the time that it did to even like be created is because I was afraid of of voicing where I stand with my faith and my religion in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. I have a lot yeah. of friends. I have a lot of people in my family um, that don't agree with me, and that's okay. Yeah, I'm okay with yeah. that. Like I've finally come to the the conclusion that I'm secure enough in who I am that I don't need to to have that um validation that like i'm okay from you like my mom's still gonna love me even though i've said the things i just said like she's is yeah she's still gonna love me she's even told me i still love you like (laughs) you know like there's nothing you can do that's gonna make me stop loving you and she's still gonna tell me that she's gonna pray for me and that's great thank you mom yeah i love it you know i know she's listening (laughs) you know like she's still going to believe the things that she believes and that's great I want her to, I don't need her to, I don't need her to be where I'm at. That's where she's at. Yeah. And that's okay. That's where, right where she needs to be. And if she yeah. ends up where I'm at, great. If I end up where she's at, great. But like, I'm right where I need to be. Yeah. And she's right where she needs to be at this point in time. But I'm not yeah. done. My story's not over. I'm going to continue to learn. I'm going to continue to go down this faith journey. I'm going to continue to figure out what that means for me. And 
and I'm not, I'm not done. So like, yeah, I'm a living, breathing thing that continues to grow and evolve and change. I'm a different person than I was six months ago. I'm yeah. a different person than I was two weeks ago. You know, yeah. Yesterday yeah. I had a hard day, and today I didn't. You know, so like, yeah. I, I don't know, like, I don't know. I just yeah. Well, I I think uh, that year of searching for me was full of a lot of fear of like there was a part of me that that said I don't think I can call myself a Christian anymore yeah because I don't uh, believe the right way like mm. that I. And I'm ashamed of that, so I don't think I'm a Christian anymore, and I don't think God loves me anymore. <laughs> yeah, and that was like wrote, the the breakdown, is what you're saying. Yeah, it was just like, oh crap. Yeah, well, I guess I'm going to hell, and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's hard. That's <laughs> well, yeah. It's like I'm 25, and I know I'm going to hell, and I have to live the rest of my life like knowing that. Like that's yeah, that's not fun. Yeah, <laughs> right. And a fundamental uh, thing of who you were or what, what you thought you were. Like, it was an identity crisis. Right. You had an identity yeah. crisis. That's what you had. Like, Yeah. And I I read a book that just blew my butt off, like, with how it – I read a couple – I read so many books that year. <laughs> but there was, there was a What's couple the books one? that really, really helped me. There was two. The first one is called God in the Dark okay. by Oz Guinness. And he's, he's more of a – conservative thinker than i am but yeah. his, his viewpoints on doubt and walking in the dark were so profound to me yeah that and he like went through all these biblical characters who were just like lost like yeah. completely out of their minds unsure of anything uh so far removed from what any of us would call christian like being a Christian. Have you ever thought about they, the fact that like then they didn't call it Christianity either? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Paul didn't have a life. It, it was life. That was just that. the <laughs> life they lived. And yeah. And yeah. they were loved by God. And that, yeah. so like that, that book really helped me. And then there was another one. I don't know. I don't know if you've heard of this author named Henry Nowen. Yeah, uh, I have. Yep. He's fantastic, but he wrote a book called Adam God's beloved. Okay. I didn't um, read that one, but yeah. He, yeah, has, he has a lot of great books, and I yeah. highly recommend them to everyone. Who's I was trying to think of but, who I had, which one I had read. Uh, I but ones. he he read this book called Adam God's. He wrote a book called Life of the Beloved that I think is his most popular. Yeah, I didn't read that um, one either. But but he so he he volunteered or he he lived at a a community for people with severe uh, uh, disabilities. Yeah. Um, called oh. Larsh in, in Canada. Maybe I did read and, this book. <laughs> Go on. No, sorry. It, he's talked about this community in several of his books. But yeah, okay. In this book, he's he's talking about how his assignment, or as he's living there, is, is to care for one person, and that person's name was Adam. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, Adam cannot speak. He cannot feed himself he cannot uh he cannot eat uh, uh sorry he cannot clothe himself he cannot walk mm -hmm. uh he cannot do anything for himself and so 
so Henry Nowen is taking care of this young man. He's terrified that he's going to screw up or whatever. Yeah. But he, as he's taking care of him, he is seeing Jesus in this man who is profoundly disabled. And he is seeing the love of God just pour through this man. And he, he just is writing so beautifully about his experience, but he also is saying, um, so, so much of our faith and our questions about who's in or who's out mm-hmm. is based on the idea that someone can say the sinner's prayer, the quote unquote sinner's prayer. Yeah. Like I'm a sinner, God come into my life and, yeah. and I put my trust in Jesus Christ and that they can be baptized and profess their yeah. faith. And he asked about like, what about this guy? <laughs> and so he's looking at yeah. this man and he's like, he can't do any of that. Yeah. It's, it's physically impossible for him to do this yeah is does that mean he's going to hell like does that mean he's unloved by god and he's just like i cannot believe in a god who who would have this this weird rule that you you must say this one thing and say these specific words and uh like that that there was nothing this person could do, that there's nothing Adam could do that could make God love him less. And there's nothing Adam could do to throw off the love of God in his life. And there's nothing Adam could do to really like profess his faith in God. All Adam could do was just enjoy the life that God had given him Mm. and pour out his own joy and love on the people around him. Isn't that and, beautiful? Uh, yeah, and I'm butchering the way Henry Nowen read it. No, but, but I, I've read... He has another book. Is it The Barbarian Way or... Who wrote that no. one? He wrote another... I read I read this book because he's used this analogy in something else. Um, but yeah, I know exactly... In, in I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about because... Yeah. Yeah, this so is... So that book was just like... Oh, oops. Sorry. You're good. Um, that book was so eye-opening to me because I was... I I was just at a point in my life where I was like I don't know if I can do this anymore. I was having like yeah pretty intense depression and even some like some dark thoughts about harming myself and yeah. uh <clears throat> and just like if God can't love me because I don't I don't line up with these specific uh checklists of beliefs yeah um or the these beliefs about like gay people or about like yeah does god love atheists or like yeah or that that my own like um actions can't are are what matters most that my daily quiet time like that i yeah i don't know just all these things that i this list of things i had to do to get god to love me for another day right right and like it's exhausting to out, think about those if, now, yeah, isn't it? So and if I threw that out the window, that like you I weren't, to, that you weren't, that you couldn't, that be. I, that I wasn't that that thing anymore. Yeah. And reading this book gave me such a huge sigh of relief 
that there's nothing I can do <laughs> to yeah to be abandoned by by a loving God. And also it was partly like throwing the old God away and not in a mean way, but just being like, Hey, I have to let this go because this isn't actually God. Yeah. It's me. And letting myself, letting this old self, uh, ritual fall away and yeah. Experience like this, this kind of freedom of like, Oh, this old dogmatic ritual that was actually causing me a lot of stress. Like I don't have to keep it up. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Good. And yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. And I, so I was unemployed, um, looking for jobs. I wanted to get out of Kansas. I didn't really want to work at a church. And I got a job at a church in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we crossed it paths, it was right? A church. It, was a, it was a church organization. Yeah. And Wasn't that when whole... you stayed in St. Paul with me? Was, yeah. You were working so for them, was, right? Yeah. I was doing church relations for like a missions organization. Yeah. And the most beautiful, like, it felt like a coming home of sorts where I was, I grew up in the Mennonite church. Yeah. And so your whole conversation about pacifism kind of piqued my interest, but yeah, um, I I came back home and I started going back to the, the Mennonite Church and really kind of digging into like my my cultural, my familial, and my spiritual background of like what Mennonites believe. Yeah. And found that it felt a lot like home, and that it was a lot more uh, loving than I remembered, and and that a lot of the things that I had put on top of my faith that I've constructed, this sort of was just like, hey, you can let that go, and yeah. you have a pl- you have a place here. That's beautiful. And that, yeah, and it it really kind of really kind of opened my eyes to even more ancient traditions like uh, Episcopal or Orthodox or Catholic who have the, I mean, every religious organization has its own issues, but to know that people have been meeting together and thinking about these things for 500 mm-hmm. or a thousand or 2000 years, like yeah, it's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> To be able to sit in a church and be like, hey, you know what? Like, um, I, I'm, I'm investigating this on my own and I'm, and I'm hearing these things, but I'm also rooted in something that's, that has quite a bit of history. Yeah. Um, and man, coming from like in college and, this like non-denominational background and, and coming back into this, this kind of older, more less evangelical perspective was really refreshing. And it made me really appreciate uh, denominations for some reason, like it, like the idea that churches have to be accountable to one another, like that some dude can't just stand up on stage and say whatever he wants, that there's like accountability there was yeah. like, Hey, that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. It, it was just really, really nice. And it was like two years working there. 
mm-hmm. uh, getting to meet pastors who just lived out like, I mean, there were some like in St. Paul, like where you were, who were yeah. just wonderful. Uh, and I would go to like cities and see where churches were growing there. But also I would go out into like Western Oklahoma yeah. And there's a pastor there who has a church of like 30 people and he's he's just preaching on Sundays and visiting people in hospitals yeah. and sweeping the floor after church is over and you know like it's just like the 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 dedication to like helping people grow spiritually. Yeah. And being and allowing yourself to go to a place that far removed from the rest of the world is like, it's really amazing. And I was just so appreciative for like, I just got this new appreciation for pastors and Mm -hmm. the work that they do. And, um, yeah, it was, that was healing in a way too. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, um, but from there, I, I wanted to continue writing. I had been doing a little freelance stuff. Uh, this is going back to your very first question an hour ago. About no, it's totally fun. I honestly, I had no idea. We, we, I talked about this in the beginning before we even started recording. Like, I, I don't know where the conversation is going to go, and I love that. It's cool. Like, this is a convers. These are these are real conversations. You know, this is yeah. a real conversation that yeah, you couldn't you couldn't mimic this. You couldn't design this conversation and go the way it's gone. And I love that. I think it's beautiful. So I love it. Yeah. Keep going. Um, (laughs) So I, yeah, thanks. Um, I wanted to keep doing writing or stuff in the creative capacity, but didn't really know where to go next. And so I just kind of kept talking with friends and former invisible children, friends and stuff like that. And uh, Brian Funk um, told me that he was working at, a nonprofit called to write love on her arms in Florida. Yeah. And that he was leaving his position, but there was a social media job open. So mm-hmm. I applied and he recommended me for it and bada bing, bada boom. And, yeah. Interviewed and got it. That's um, so cool. So I moved to Florida by myself. I lived there for a little less than a year. I was running social media. Where is the headquarters of, uh, to write love on her arms? It's in Melbourne, Florida, which okay. is kind of near Cape Canaveral on the on the east coast. Yeah, kind of halfway down. Because I live in Florida now. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Okay, yeah. Surprise. Where in Florida are you? <laughs> uh, Coconut Creek, Florida. So just north of Fort Lauderdale, like Deerfield Beach, okay. Delray, cool. like south of Delray, uh, west of nice. Deerfield. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I. Like when you talk about vulnerability, like to write a tweet or a Facebook post and then know that like a million people are going to see it, mm. <laughs> it's like, oh boy, I better not mess this up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that it, it kind of taught me like uh, just how to, you know, when you're, when you're guiding a brand or when you're guiding something like a movement, you have to be very careful about your words mm-hmm. and especially with a mental health organization like yeah absolutely looking for triggers or looking for things that could set someone off or even when people respond to things online and they're like hey uh i'm gonna hurt myself tonight 
like what yeah. can you do to help me or hey i want to end my life like what do you what can you do to help me it's like yeah. oh my gosh like that's heavy here we go like i guess yeah we have to have these responses ready for these people yeah um, and to really meet them with compassion and not like hey get off our feet like we can't say that and we don't want to say that and yeah um, no because so, that's what that's exactly like that's the that's the people that you're trying to reach at Tourette right. Love on Arms yeah. and you know but like also like we're not we're not a mental health care provider no so yeah but we can we can point people in the right direction and help them get the help that they need mm-hmm. um but we can't do it for them. That's something else that... The, yeah, I was going to say, doesn't that play right into the faith conversation that we just had? Yeah, well, this, <laughs> this guy, Walt, the, the, this man, Walt, was saying, like, um, as I was walking through this depression and anxiety and questioning, he, he said um, something I'll never forget. He said, you alone must do this, but you don't have to do it alone. Mm. and that really like resonated to my core like he's like all the decisions and all the things that you come to believe or the actions that you take like you're the only one who can do those things but to live this life and to pursue the things you love and to ask these questions like you don't have to do that alone yeah and that's really nice to know yeah um, I love that. I wrote that down. Sorry, I was distracted because yeah. I was writing that down. You don't. Yeah. You alone must do this, but you don't have to do it alone. That's powerful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. So I, <clears throat> I worked there for a little under a year, and, um, and really enjoyed the people I worked with. I I was living by myself for the first time, so how was that? It was good and it was really hard. Yeah, um, for sure. I'm an introvert, so like, there were weekends where I would. So we have a, we. Ha, I had a Publix uh, right behind my apartment. So yeah, I could come home on Friday, go get groceries Friday night, and not leave my apartment until Monday morning. Like yeah. it was. Like, yeah. It just. Oh, I get it. I was I mean, very easy to to do that. Yeah. Um, so I do that uh, now and I'm an extrovert. Like I, yeah. you know, like I'm working on this full time, but like, I don't need to leave my house to work on this, you know? Yeah. So like right. sometimes thank goodness I have a dog because he requires uh-huh. me to like get out of the house, but it's still not the same to leave the apartment complex, you know, really. And, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean that, that can be hard. Like my wife comes home and sometimes I'm like, you know, she works, she, she's social. She's like has meetings. She's talking to people every day and, so it's just very different sometimes. Our needs are really like different because she comes home yeah. and it's like, let me tell you about my day. And I'm like, I, I need – like today I actually had a really hard time her coming home. Like I felt really overwhelmed with her telling me about work. And mm-hmm. where I was like – I've been in my head and, and I did a podcast earlier today actually. But like I've been in my head. I haven't really talked to anybody all day. And like my head's been going nonstop. Like I need eased back into conversation, you know, <laughs> like uh-huh. – like, honey, yeah. like, please, like, hang on for a second. Like, I'm, like, really overwhelmed. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Living yeah. alone living alone is uh, necessary and hard. And it's a, it's just a time of life that you get to learn a little bit about yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so when I got, when I heard about the job in DC at International Justice Mission, I knew, I knew it was a Christian organization, and that it was in a, a, a big city in, in DC. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I had, I just asked myself, like. Do I, do I really feel like I can work at a Christian organization? Like, do I line up with the beliefs? Yeah. And I had a, I mean, I had a time of soul searching and I was like, hey, I actually do believe this. Yeah. And I, I believe it enough to commit to working at an organization like this. Yeah, um, that's cool. And I was so, I was just very ready to be in a, in a different place and, and, and to go to DC. I, I loved D, I'd visited it a while. Yeah. And I really, really enjoyed it. So I moved up here in March of 2016 um, and moved in with a guy named Saul, who also worked at Invisible Children. Yeah. Um, and we lived together, and I, I was finally a copywriter at a major nonprofit. Look at and you, like, achieving goals. And, yeah, achieved a goal. That I had had for you know a long time that's awesome man and it was like oh my gosh all the things I've been through to get to this one place you know and to really you know feel proud of myself and you should be ex- excited for this you know opportunity yeah um, and also like I felt like it opened me up to to like other things that I've been putting off like I'd never really dated anyone before yeah and so coming to DC, I was like, "Hey, big city, might as well give it a try." <laughs> I was on dating apps for like a month, and I was like, "This is stupid. <laughs> I don't like this at all." Yeah. And yeah. So I was like, "I'm either gonna meet someone at church or at work or through friends." Yeah. And uh, a couple months after moving to DC, uh, started hanging out with a girl from work, and. Asked her out on a date like two months after moving to DC, and uh, we dated for a year and a half and got engaged for another six months, and mm-hmm. now we're married. Congratulations, um, my friend! <clears throat> yeah, and I got to meet her. It's honestly, it's so cool to get got to meet her, and like she's a she's a rad woman. She's she's awesome. Oh, she's so so fantastic. Yeah, um, I'm really happy for got, you. She got her MBA from Georgetown, and I was like, oh, I married like. A really successful, smart woman. <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's, it's. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of men feel this way, but like, to come home to someone who's better than you, oh, and mm-hmm. and loves you is like, wow, what a gift. Yeah, my wife gets and, to come home to me, and she's better than me. And, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> you, you strive to to be better and like to love this person and. Mm-hmm sort of like yeah just encourage them to grow and do their own thing and yeah be the powerful woman she was created to be like it's really cool and i she's not she's not around she's in texas this week for a training and yeah i i like miss her and yeah i feel lonely now yeah and that <laughs> and it's kind so of a cool feeling there. but it also sucks <laughs> yeah i'm going down there for a wedding this week and we're going to meet nice. up tomorrow and I'm just like, I'm like excited to see her. And yeah, and I never really felt that way before. Oh, that's so uh, cool. Meeting so cool. her. And so, yeah, man. So yeah, life is, 
life is good. Um, yeah. It's complicated, and everyone, I think, <clears throat> I think everyone in their life will get to to points where they have to make pretty life changing decisions about like what they believe about themselves. Yeah. And, and for me, man, like the faith conversation, like what do I believe about myself? I think that was even the bigger question. It's not really, what do I believe about God? It's like, yeah, what absolutely. do I believe about myself? It, am I worthy of love mm. from, from God? Uh, and do I really believe that I deserve good things and and then with meeting my wife it was like do i think i'm worthy of love from someone else like do i really think that um that i'm lovable yeah and do i actually think i have the capacity to offer someone something close to something like fulfill fulfilling love like do i have that in me to offer that yeah and once you say yes to that or once you like you realize that about yourself that you do have it in you it's like doors start opening and you you realize that there are deep waters within you to that you can offer to someone else even Mm. when you don't feel it yeah i've Um, been i've been saying um you know it's just a theme that's kind of came up and i think it speaks to exactly what you said and you said it differently but it's life on purpose mm, when you're living your life on purpose and it doesn't mean that you know what that purpose is, but it's part of it is being worthy of love and loving someone else and, and all of that. That That's a fundamental question, I think, that goes along with that. And, uh, yeah, just when you start being true to who you are and figuring that out and living that life on purpose, I think, man, boy, does, does the world open up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Dude, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate yeah. it. And I, I know that, you know, this is a theme too. But like, I wouldn't. We're not like the closest friends, you know. But like, I, I respect you so much. And to bring it full circle, like perspective is is crazy because, you know, you started this story off, and I'm like, but, but, dude, like, I, I respect you so much. Like, I look, I look at you and like you're a peer you're i respect you i respect what you're doing i respect who you are i I, you belong in this conversation you belong in whatever world you want to you know be in and so i i say all that because like my perspective of you is that you're a kick-ass dude and i think you're you're killing it i think you're doing a great job and um you know even though i wouldn't you know we're not the closest of friends like you're my friend and i love you i think that that uh you're a beautiful man, and and <laughs> thank you. I know that's weird to say, but I, it's true. Like, you're beautiful, and and your soul is so beautiful. Like, your story is raw and pure, and it's awesome. And I hope that I hope that people listening can hear that and feel that too, because I I hear it and I feel it. And you know, I I I love exactly what you said. I love everything you said. And you know, we obviously we don't subscribe to the same things, but at the same mm-hmm. time we subscribe to the exact same thing in some, so many ways. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I find more things that like are similar in, in your story and what you believe and that are to mind than are, are different. And I love that. And regardless, I think that again, you're living your life on purpose and 
you are worthy of love and that's beautiful. So thanks man. Well, yeah. I sure hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think there, there was a moment when I was in Florida or when I was in Kansas, uh, where I was, you know, I had all these dreams of doing other things somewhere else. Yeah. And I just reached a point where I was like, uh, no one else is going to do those things for me. Yeah. I right? have to, I have to, to just try and yeah. do them and That's, like move. Oof. I have to get out or yeah. I have to go somewhere or I have to, you know, move my feet or move my brain. Yeah. And, um, but nobody else is going to do it for you. Right. And that's super a vulnerable thing. Like, it sounds so, like, obvious. Yeah, but... it does, but it isn't. And everybody that's listening that's at our age range, I think, mm-hmm. especially, has realized that. I was talking to my mom the other day. I was like, man, I was talking about this gal that it's a family member. And I was like, you know, like, I finally figured out that we... <laughs> We, none of us, everybody's just figuring it out. Nobody's got it figured out. Nobody knows what yeah. the hell we're doing. Like, I don't, I wake yeah. up in the, the day and like, yeah, we go to work or we do our job or we do the things that we like love and care about and are trying to accomplish. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, like I'm yeah. figuring it out. And like when you realize that everybody around you, successful, unsuccessful, whatever you, that definition is for you, the people you respect and love, like, man, they don't have it all figured out. And right. and if you think they do, you're completely wrong and you need to change your perspective because like we're all in this together. And, and I don't know, you know, like you said, like you said before, you alone must do this. You know what you're, what Walt had said, but you don't have mm. to do it alone. And just knowing that like, Hey, like we're all just figuring this out and you got to do it, but you don't have to do it alone. And I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's cool too. Well, I'm gonna wrap things up here. Do you wanna okay. to leave us with anything? I want you to plug your um your new thing that you got going. I don't know what you're calling it. Your email oh, deal. Yeah. <clears throat> I have a newsletter. Newsletter. Um, there we go. A, it's a monthly it's like a monthly newsletter. I send it out like the first week of the month. And it's basically It's so cool. Thanks, man. It uh, when I don't know if you felt this way growing up, but the internet used to be fun. Like, yeah, I remember like with dial-up and everything. Yeah. Like, like just just being a kid and like really enjoying the internet and like you only got so much time and you had to like get yeah. on and like do yeah. it and like print something off and like have that thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. Then you have like Napster and like Kazaa. Yeah. You're like downloading your favorite song. Yeah. Totally. Super illegally, but. Um, I, I've just, I still enjoy exploring and like finding interesting and fun and beautiful things online. Yeah. And, um, like it's fun for me to uncover that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so basically every month I put together an alphabetical list of just 26 things on the internet that are fun, interesting, and beautiful. Where did you come up with that number? 26. I, I wanted it just to be an alphabetical list. So A to Z. Got it. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so I just, just like, I wonder if people would be interested in reading this and if people like, I, I don't, I think some people like when other people do the work for them of finding interesting stuff. I'm I'm one of those people. 
And so I just put it together. I, I sent out like a test to some friends and they were like, hey, maybe consider, you know, providing a little description of everything or yeah, whatever. And so I sent out my first official newsletter in September and there's like 50 people who read it or who, who subscribe to it. And I've gotten really good That's feedback. That's so cool. Yeah. Next week I'll be sending out another one or the beginning of October I'll be sending out another one and beginning of November. And yeah, <laughs> so... How can people called, subscribe? Yeah, so it's called it, – it uses a service called Substack. Um, the The newsletter is called the A to Z. Um, the, letter, the word the, letter A, the word to, T-O, Z, uh, dot substack.com, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K. Um, so the A to Z – substack.com cool and, and I'll put that in uh, all my stuff too if that if that's nice. okay yeah so yeah for sure and so that website um, you can subscribe there and then you can read the old posts on that website oh cool too. that's so awesome. it's kind of like a, a blog nice sort of thing um, yeah it's really exciting and it's kind of like oh I've I like being creative I like doing things and I, I, I'm, I'm writing all day long at work yeah. So what's like the fun thing I can do in my spare time that is still creative and a little bit yeah. vulnerable, but it's just kind of like, Hey, why not? Why not? So, why not? Yeah. I know that's, I've, I've done the same thing. Like I have a, I created an Instagram classic, right? The classic 